are we poor? Shared stories of single mothers struggling to overcome poverty and adversity by using their wit, grit, and just refusing to quit. So get your earbuds on and join us in this Me Too movement mashup of mothers, actors who play them, lawyers who represent them, and theater professionals who are telling Chelsea's story on stage. To inspire mothers around the world to live boldly and instill greatness in their children. Hello and welcome to the Mommy Are We Poor podcast. I'm Richard Ravosa, your host, and over the coming episodes, we're going to do a deep dive into the many dimensions of how poverty affects single mothers and their families. We're going to view these often disturbing issues through the twin lenses of drama and reality. In this case, it's art imitating life all the way as we explore these deep and dark trenches together. Mommy, Are We Poor? is a full-length stage play, an epic tale of poverty in America set against the backdrop of the Me Too movement. It's the story of Chelsea, a widowed single mom in her 30s, living in a rundown inner-city apartment with two young kids, two jobs, a married boss with questionable motives, and a deadbeat ex who doesn't pay his child support. Her world begins to crumble after receiving an eviction notice, credit card lawsuit, and almost having her car repossessed just in time for Christmas. In a nutshell, it's Working Girl Meets the Me Too movement, supported by a cast of characters right off the island of misfit toys. And we'll use what happens to these characters as touchstones to spur discussions about how others are facing these obstacles every day. Today's episode, I have for you some tips of what to do and what not to do if you get sued. A lot of single mothers like Chelsea in our story, they get sued by credit card companies, utility companies, uh, auto finance companies, and lawsuits are naturally a breeding ground for stress. So a single mother with two kids who's behind on the rent, behind on the car payment, gets sued by a credit card company. That creates a lot of stress in the household you know, for the mom. Uh, and sometimes the kids, if they know about it. So number one, don't panic. Don't panic. It's, I know, easier said than done. I have been a lawyer for uh, coming up on 25 years now and represented a lot of people who are sued for money in uh, collection actions, as they're called, by credit card companies. Uh, so don't panic. And number two, don't ignore the lawsuit. By ignoring it, you set yourself up for deeper trouble. Uh, So open the lawsuit, read it, uh, see what it's about, uh, but don't ignore it. And by that same token, open your mail. That's another problem I see with clients who come in is they come in with stacks of unopened mail with missed court dates in them and things have gotten, you know, much worse. Had they opened their mail when it came, uh, there would have been time to do something about it. Uh, Third tip, what not to do. Do not admit anything without talking with a lawyer first. Even if you don't have the money to hire a lawyer, you can usually find a lawyer to give you a free consultation over the telephone. So call up a lawyer in your area, uh, Google one up, uh, go to uh, avvo.com, A-V-V-O.com. That is a website that has lawyers by practice area. 
in most communities in the United States, and you can find a lawyer uh, that will usually give you a free consultation. Uh, what not to do, number four, do not miss any deadlines. So that's why it's important to read the papers that come and then uh, call a lawyer and see if you can get some uh, information from them on, on what to do. And number five, if the lawyer for the credit card company calls you or the plaintiff's lawyer, as, as they're called, do not agree to anything unless you are sure you can follow through with whatever you agree in terms of a, a resolution or it's sometimes called a settlement agreement. So those are, those are five things of what not to do. Number one, don't panic. Number two, don't ignore the lawsuit. Number three, do not admit anything without talking with a lawyer first. Number four, do not miss any deadlines. And number five, do not agree to anything in terms of a settlement unless you're sure you can follow through because you don't want to be, you know, defaulted or, uh, you know, for failure to, you know, pay the settlement agreement. So those are five things not to do, five things to do. Number one, and we've already touched upon this, read everything in the lawsuit to make sure you understand what you're being sued for. Uh, make sure that's even the correct account number. I have had cases where I've got the judge to throw them out of court because uh, the plaintiff's lawyer, the credit card company has sued the wrong person or named the wrong account holder or put the wrong account number. Uh, also, uh, there are uh, requirements that the credit card companies must comply with, and you have to check you know, your state, uh, your court, uh, to make sure they've complied with them. So uh, sometimes it's no cause for alarm at all because the lawsuit is defective and can be thrown out. But you should talk to a lawyer and have them review it uh, to make that determination. Uh, what I'm able to offer some basic legal information. It's certainly not advice. Advice is something that has to be given by a, a qualified lawyer in that community that you have your uh, lawsuit in. So number, number two, contact a lawyer for a free consultation to learn what options you have. Uh, sometimes there are tricky words in these lawsuits. They use uh, old Latin phrases and words. They use Sometimes uh, words borrowed from French legal traditions that are foreign to most people who are not trained in the law. So there are things that are traps for the unwary that can come out and uh, cause a problem. So that's another reason for a free consultation, uh, to take advantage of that, to learn what your options are. Um, other thing to do, number three, calendar all your deadlines to make sure you do not miss any response deadlines or court dates. Usually the lawsuit you get will have a writ or a summons attached to the complaint that says when the due dates are for responses. So you want to make sure to calendar those um, and then show those to your lawyer or tell your lawyer about them over the telephone. Uh, number four, if necessary, if you need more time so you can either respond yourself to the lawsuit, which I do not recommend, uh, or hire a lawyer to represent you, you can ask for more time from the plaintiff's lawyer. Uh, and if the plaintiff's lawyer disagrees with you and says, nope, no more time for you, you should call the clerk of courts and, and let them know you need more time. And they may have you write a letter, uh, which they will categorize as a motion for an extension. So don't be afraid to ask for an extension uh, and give a good reason why you need the extension. If you 
can't get the time off from work or you have to take care of children or or elderly relatives or whatever the reason is, just put a reason in there to, to make it easy for the judge to give you that extension. Uh, and number five, uh, ask the creditor's lawyer, the plaintiff's lawyer, to provide you with all the evidence they have to prove you owe them any money. Sometimes a plaintiff's lawyer can't do this. These are often huge credit card companies that have you know millions of account holders, and sometimes they actually lose the information. So you want to ask them for a signed copy of the cardholder agreement or the promissory note or whatever it is they're claiming you signed, you ask them to see it. And if they can't produce it for you, that may be grounds for the judge to throw the case out. So it's always important to, to uh, know what you're being sued for and B, to confirm the credit card company can even prove it. And if they can't, you know, there's a chance you could win you know, automatically. Uh, and then we get to the cases where if you do owe the money, you know, what to do. If you do owe the money, uh, the chances are that you would uh, get a judgment entered in against you. And in, in Chelsea's case, in our story, uh, she gets sued and, you know, contacts an attorney. And she was lucky enough to find Megan, a pro bono attorney, to help her through these uh, court hurdles and all of these, uh, you know, systemic procedural deadlines and, and dates and so forth. So if you do owe the money and you want to settle the account, in other words, uh, have a settlement with the lawyer, you enter into a written agreement. And as I mentioned before, don't agree to any settlements unless you can actually afford them. Uh, it doesn't do anyone any good. So uh, sometimes uh, creditors, lawyers, or the, the bank will accept far less if they know your financial situation. And many creditors, lawyers, many plaintiffs, lawyers will ask you to fill out a financial statement. And that's a good exercise uh, for you if you don't do that normally to see where your money's going, how much your expenses are, and so forth. So that's something that the, the, the judge will use or the creditor's lawyer will use to gauge how much you can afford to pay. Uh, and if you do enter into a settlement agreement, uh, it's always best to do it with a lawyer to make sure your rights are protected. Uh, you don't want to you know, sign something and find out there are uh, you know, severe penalties if you fail to pay. Many of them uh, will try to slip language in there that says if you default and you don't pay the settlement agreement, you owe the full balance with interest, with court costs, with late fees, and with attorney's fees. And that can be you know, just a, a disaster uh, to watch uh, you know, mushroom into a huge, huge amount of money. So uh, it's just important to stay on top of things. And then I'll, I'll also mention, if you don't have any income or if you don't have um, income that can be seized or garnished or levied, you may be judgment-proof, which means – even if you lose the lawsuit, they can't collect any money from you. And that's another reason to try to get a no-cost or free consultation from a qualified lawyer to see if you're judgment-proof. Because if you are, that may be your ticket out of the case. And to let the plaintiff's lawyer know that you're, you don't have any money that's reachable, you're uncollectible, and it's a waste of that lawyer's time to keep chasing you. So there you have it. There's uh, some some basic 
things to do, some things not to do when you get served with a lawsuit. And many times people get served at their, you know, where they live and the sheriff can uh, leave it, leave the lawsuit on the doorstep or the, or the front stoop. And it's often embarrassing to come home to find that, but uh, just don't panic, take a deep breath. Uh, and when you uh, have uh, digested everything, just read it when it's quiet and take notes and uh, just keep focused. And uh, those are my tips uh, for now. So please join us uh, for each episode as we continue to weave these dramatic yarns of Chelsea's story with the fabric of the law that combine to become the imperfect but authentic tapestry of life viewed through the immediacy of live theater. Look for new episodes each week and please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes to help us spread the word. Thank you for listening. For additional resources and showtimes, connect with us at mommyarewepoor.com.